Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Exodus 31, Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. The Bible says, And when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets. As I said last week, two tablets. It's important to recognize Ten Commandments were on two tablets of testimony. Tablets of stone written with the finger of God. And then 1 John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he, had, as he gave us commandment. Let's pray. Father, in your name one more time, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you. We ask you to come into this room to give the word for each soul and heart and mind here this morning. God, I pray that you would help me to deliver, thus says the word of the Lord, to your people this hour. God, that we would recognize that you have great things in store for us as we hold to your truth and keep keep your commandments. Lord, I ask you, give me the words to speak that, Lord, your people may receive from you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's something very powerful about these verses, something critical for us to receive that we have to understand what God has in store for you. You see, the Bible says in 1 John, Bible says in 1 John that whatever we ask, verse 22, we receive from him because we Keep his commandments. Now listen, that's in the New Testament. Just wanted to remind everybody. That's in the New Testament. There are people that say, well, we don't have to worry about the Old Testament because the Old Testament is the old covenant and the old old way of doing it, and so we don't have to worry about it. Well, yes and no. What we have discovered over this last several weeks is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's what the law, he's what the Ten Commandments were pointing to. Jesus Christ fulfilled. He did not come to destroy, we talked about last week, but to fulfill the law of God. So because Jesus came to fulfill the law of God, and because Jesus came to allow us to recognize that that the commandments of God are real and true, the Bible lets us know that if uh, if we keep his commandments, we shall be blessed. And not only 
the blessing, but our petition and our prayer and our request unto God shall be answered. That's, that's, that's great news for you today. The, as we've gone over the weeks, we have seen that you first, this only applies to those that love Jesus. First of all, this only applies to those that have, have been born again. You've got to be saved. You've got to trust Jesus Christ. You've got to receive him as your Lord and Savior. You've got to listen to his voice, and you've got to hear his call, and you've got to bow your knee to him as an only begotten son. You've got to trust in the name of Jesus Christ. And then as you understand that, you have the blessing of the Lord and the blessing of God that is available to you as you trust in him and as you receive from him and as everything that you ask him and you're keeping his commandments, you're going to be blessed. You see, why why is this important? Why is this important? Because when you keep the commandments of God, that means you are listening to the heart of God. Y'all with me this morning? All right, sister, will you throw up my, my little screen here? On the top, if you remember, this is all about love. It's all about love. The first, if you could in your mind recognize that it's love is the very beginning. Everything is fulfilled in love. On the left side, the first tablet, we have loving God. Number one, no other gods before me, uh, the Bible says. Number two, no graven images, which we'll talk about in a minute. Number three, do not take his name in vain. That's the third commandment, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And then the fourth, remember the Sabbath, and honor your father and mother. Each one of these are vertical, which means that they all point to God. God the Father, he's God, he's in control, he's number one, and all of these point to God. The second half of this is love your neighbor. Now these are horizontal. That means that they all point to you and you and you, each one of you. You see, this is do not murder. Last week we said this means in your spirit, you know, you may not want to literally murder someone, but Jesus said that, you know, if you have hatred in your heart towards somebody, And if you have, and what we talked about last week is that if you intentionally ignore somebody, as in putting putting them in isolation in your spirit, in a sense you are not recognizing them, and thus you are murdering them in your own spirit. And this is what people do to God. They say, well, I don't want to believe in God, so I'm going to ignore God. I don't want to trust God, so I'm going to ignore him. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that those are fools that say those things, that want to ignore him, because even nature declares the glory of God. And everywhere around us we can see God's handiwork actively moving around us. And so by ignoring God, you are violating and literally trying to murder God that exists. And you're going to fail because you can't do that. And so then the Then as we go further on, the seventh commandment, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, and do not covet. Each one of these ten commandments are critical for your being blessed as you listen to his voice. Each one of these ten commandments are individually of themselves are something that you should live. But as I showed you last week, that as you put them side by side on tablets together, the left side is related to the right side. As I said earlier, no other gods works with do not murder. Now, as we go down to what we're going to talk about today, the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 20, the Bible says in verse 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, 
any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, if you skip down to verse 14, the Bible says, you shall not commit adultery. You see, commandment number two is related to commandment number seven. What is vertically, expressed vertically, and this on the left side, is expressed horizontally and on the right side. So what we are saying here is that literally, when you love the Lord your God, what are you doing vertically? You are worshiping Him. You are worshiping God, and God says, when you are worshiping me, there should be nobody else but me. No graven image. When you are worshiping me, you cannot adulterate that situation. Do not bring any other thing in the worship of me. Because when it's just you and me, that's enough. When it's just you and your father alone on the bed, by your bedside, when you worship him, that's enough. You don't need to add anything else to your worship. It's just you and the father and that's all. When you begin to begin to start looking around and start trying to find things and trying to add this to that and trying to add things to your worship that you're trying to earn God's pleasure and earn God's favor, listen, that has nothing to do in God. God does not receive that when you are trying to earn his worship. When you are just you and God. You are saying to the Lord, you're primary in my life. You're first in my life. You're my everything. You're my all in all. And I worship you. And I give you praise. And I give you glory. And I give you honor. Because it is you that has rescued me. It is you that has set me free. It is you that has pulled me out of darkness. It is you that has, has taken all this upon your shoulders and on your back. It is you alone, God. And I worship you. Where we falter is when we bring false things into the midst of this worship. The Bible tells us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 27, Jesus is teaching them. He says, You have heard that it was said of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast in hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members to perish than your whole body to be cast in hell. What the reality here is what God is saying is that when you are, what Jesus is telling them, horizontally speaking, when you bring anything else into your marital relationship, and you bring anything, even your eye that looks at other things, other women or other men, even your heart that ponders other things, that is adulterating that relationship, and God sees it. 
and God sees where you are and God sees what's in your heart and God sees what's in your mind and God sees what's in your spirit and he says it's the very same thing in my realm because what we have done many times is that we love God we love to worship God but we treat our job like it's an idol we treat our home like it's the prior, we treat our home like uh, literally our house, like it's something of marvelous. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking care of what God has given you. That's called being a good steward. And then, but then on the other side of it, there are people that are just crazy. Y'all, y'all with me this morning? You ever had somebody that just, I mean, I, I mean, it this always happens to me. I got my car serviced this week. And they surprised me by washing it. I thought, good thing this is free because I think this would cost me more than I want. And as I'm ser- their service in the car, I get, I mean, I'm on my way back, back to Tal- from Tallahassee. And I'm on my way, and I pull off at Zaxby's. And I go in there because I like their chicken. It's good. That's, we're talking about lunch already. Well, anyway, I go in. I get my food, I come back, and a bird has visited my car. And I'm thinking, I can't have anything nice. You know, it doesn't matter. I wash my car, birds, flock of geese come by. You know, it's just one of those things. Now, I could be upset, and it could ruin my day, and it could ruin my, I mean, look at all this. I, was, I wasn't too upset about it, really, because I didn't pay for that service. It was free. There was a coupon. I was like, oh, I don't care. But, I mean, if I had just gave a lot of money for that to be serviced, if I had done all that, that would have irritated me. If I would have spent an hour washing and waxing that car and, and, and just looking and admiring it, and then the first bird comes by and uses it as a toilet, that's going to make me mad. But that's, but the problem is, is when we edify things beyond God wants them to be edified. When we, God has a way of making certain that you have no idols in your life. That there are things that you should not have priority over you. And the problem that we do many times is that we, we, we think it's innocent enough for us to do this. But listen, there's nothing wrong with ha- loving your family. There's nothing wrong with loving your children. There's nothing wrong with having certain pecking orders of uh, priorities in your life. But there is something wrong when any of those are above God. God is your priority. He is your number one. He is all that you have need of. And if you love him and keep his commandments, what you are doing is you are allowing yourself freedom to be blessed. Hear me. Everybody likes to be around people when they think times are times are going well and things are going great and things are going awesome and everybody's excited to receive from God when everything's feeling good but it's when you're in trouble that this is really important because what happens is that when you were when you are during the daytime you are being faithful to God in the daytime when it was easy and light out and everybody sees that it's light out you're being faithful to God and but when the night comes and when trials come and when struggles come your way and pain enters into your life what you need to know is that when you cry out to him he's going to hear your prayer You're going to need to know that he's going to answer you. You're going to need to know that my prayer, that you've been living righteous before a holy God, and you expect your prayer to be heard by him. 
Not that you are demanding anything of God. Not that you are forcing God's hand. But what you are saying is that, God, I claim your word that I love you. I've kept your commandments when everybody was watching. I keep your commandments when nobody is watching. I walk beside you. I listen to you. I hear your voice. And now, God, now that I'm in pain and now that I'm going through a trial and now that I'm in the situation, Lord, I expect to hear my answer from you. Amen. Praise God. You got to live in an expectation of faith. Many people do not get their prayers answered because they don't expect to receive an answer from God. But I'm telling you, if you walk by faith and not by sight, your God will answer your prayer. Your God will show up. Your God will deliver you. Your God will set you free. Your God will be be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Your God will be by your side. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll go with you to the very end. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your God is faithful. Your God is a friend. Your God loves you and cares for you. And all we ask of you is to obey his commandments and your prayers shall be answered. Praise God. You've got to open up your spirit to receive this. You've got to open up your heart to receive the favor of the Lord. I'm, as I told you before, we're not talking about you trying to, trying to tear, tear down walls in, in your own personal situation, which we are ta- telling God is I'm going straight up to you. I'm going straight up to you, and I'm going to tear down the wall that you want. I'm going to listen to what you want. I'm going to hear what you want to say, God. I want you to be my priority. I want you to be the one that loves me and cares for me. I want you to take over in this place and in this house. And so as we listen to his voice and we keep our relationships pure, Jesus is being, we see in this passage in Matthew, seems when he says, when your eye offends you, pluck it out. When your hand offends you, cut it off. What is he saying? He's not literally saying, cut your eyes out and cut your hands off. What he's saying, he's trying to make an an extreme point. You need to make certain that God is your priority. And there may be something in your life that you really, really like. But it is getting in the way between you and your father. And sometimes you got to cut it off. Ooh. There wasn't a huge amen there, but it's the truth. Sometimes you've got to make certain that your your priority is God. And sometimes it's painful. And sometimes there are friends you got to say goodbye to. And sometimes there are struggles that you that you're going to have to endure. And sometimes there are certain situations that you're going to have to listen to his voice. And, and it may not be the most pleasant of situations, but I want to tell you that you've got to do that in order to please God. Hear me today. You know, I was, when I, when I was a Christian, first born again, one of the things that I had to let go, I've always loved music, just loved music. One of the things I had to let go was secular music. And, I mean, I just had it my whole life, never thought anything of it. My parents listened to it. Growing up, not a big deal. But somehow, 
in my own personal walk, apparently enjoyed it too much. And so when I met my wife, she got, she got, she was saved. And, and I had just started this journey. I'd thrown out all my CDs and tapes. My kids will never know what a tape cassette is, you know, that kind of thing. I threw out all that stuff. When she, when she got saved, she, she threw away all the stuff. And, and when, I was, when I was young, I'm still young. When I was younger, there we go. When I was younger, 20 years ago, I, when I released all that, it, it was necessary for me to do so so that there would be no filter between me and the Father. You see, when it comes to, you know, nowadays when one of those songs comes on that I used to listen to, I laugh about it. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. But I know people that I counsel with sometimes that I, especially, I think the, the love songs on the radio for women are like the worst thing on planet Earth. Listen to me. Nobody can meet that standard, y'all. You might as well just forget about it. You don't feed yourself a steady diet of whatever that love song is because all you're going to do is have that broken heart every day. No one's going to meet that standard. And then some of you guys listening to some of these music, and I'm not telling you what to listen to, what not to. I don't care. That's between you and God. What I'm saying is look at where you are in your life. I had somebody that they, they had marital problems over and over and over again, and I kept saying, well, just start listening to Christian music. You get in your car and you feed yourself secular. You go around your life, you feed yourself secular. Where do you take time to worship God? Where do you take time to listen to worship? Where do you take time to worship God in your private time? Like I said, music comes on the radio, music comes on over the, oh, oh, on the, wherever you are in the store. There's nothing inherently wrong with most lyrics out there. I mean, there's some vulgar stuff, obviously, but there's nothing inherently wrong with secular music. But when it comes between you and God, and it seems, and it's a priority, and it's growing in you, and it's growing in you. If I told you today to go 24 hours, Without listening to a secular song, could you do it? Some of y'all are like, yeah, like three months. Ask me. My wife the other day, she said, my wife's always good about being Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder. You know what I mean? Conscious. She goes, I want you to try to go 24 hours without looking at your phone. I started getting twitches. I'm still twitching about it, thinking about it. It's the truth. She said, I, we were playing a board game with the kids, and she said, what are you thinking right now? I was thinking about, I'm thinking about checking my phone. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, she called me on it. She knows my problem. And I, I, she, she has helped me to see that sometimes we should not allow ourselves to be unholy attached to anything. Anything. You know, I'm not going to take a car and back over my phone. But here's the thing, you gotta, I got to be careful that my phone does not take away from my family time. And sometimes you've got to cut a hand off. Sometimes you've got to cut something. Not literally, y'all come back in here and don't say anything like that. But sometimes you have to do something radical to show the Lord 
that you're serious about the situation. I remember, I remember Brother McGuire said this one time at a revival at a camp meeting. And he was talking about somebody in his family. And he said, you know when I was, I knew when my grandson was serious about loving God? When he broke up with his girlfriend. He said, then I knew if the girlfriend goes, he loves Jesus. And because he, apparently that girl must have been taking him down. Maybe with Brother McGuire or somebody, I don't remember, somebody along those lines. But somebody out there, when you make priorities in your life, and you understand that God is first in your life, and God comes first, and then everything else falls in line. There was a young lady in our church. She loved this young man. I mean, she loved him, loved him, loved him, and wanted to marry him. And he loved loved her and wanted to marry her, but she would not marry somebody that was an unbeliever. She would not. She knew she grew up in church and she's seen trouble in marriage after marriage where that happens because listen to me, if they're not saved before you come to the altar, you're not an evangelist. They're not going to be saved after the altar either. It's going to be the mercy of God that saves them. And so she laid it down. She said, If you love me, I want you to come to church. You know, and I thought, Oh well, sometimes that works. And so she's her her uh Boyfriend was coming to church. She's young 20s. He was coming to church, coming to church. And she said, we're not getting married until I see you in that altar. (laughs) And they come to church, they'd hold hands. She told him how much she loved him. But she said, I ain't marrying you until you come to Christ. And over and over, and it wasn't too much later, With her conviction and the Holy Ghost conviction working together, he was in that altar giving his life to the Lord. And by the I'm telling you, after they he gave his life to Christ, and I I walked up to her and I said, "Listen, don't run and get married next week. Let's see if this was real." And so we 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 watched, and for a few for several weeks or months later. We watched how he began to be growing in Christ and began to grow in the Lord. And we both knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he had really genuinely given his life to Jesus. And now their home is blessed. Their children are blessed. Their family is blessed. They're raising them in the presence of God. They're raising them. I'm telling you, when you listen to God, you get the blessings of God. When you try to go your own way and try to say, well, I really like this person. I really love this thing. I really want to do this. When you listen to God, however, sometimes there may be a painful situation in your life, but God will reward you. And God will bless you, and God will provide for you abundant blessings beyond what you could even imagine. Because listen, you're not going to stay young forever. You're going to need somebody that's committed to you, whether you what you look like or not. Somebody's better say amen here. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, as we get older, hair starts falling off the top of your head. Bellies start getting bigger. You're not as pretty as you used to be. I hate the this to you. And you need somebody that loves you for you and the God that's in you that loves you and cares about you and is never going to leave you or walk out outside of you based upon your appearance and those things because they love the Lord Jesus Christ and they are committed to you. Hear me this morning. 
Because life is hard. Life is rough. Life is, life, life pulls at us and pushes us and it, it causes great pain. And you need somebody you can pray with. You need somebody you can hold hands on. You need somebody that's going to be beside you when everybody else is failing and everything else goes up, down the, down the pipe. You know, all these things have happened to you, but yet you know that God has provided you a spouse and you're going to be able to take that to the bank and you recognize that God's going to help you and bless you and encourage you and strengthen you through that spouse horizontal relationship God says do not commit adultery don't bring any foreign thing into your relationship keep it between you and your spouse when it comes to worship do not adulterate your worship do not bring any foreign thing in your worship to God because just as God once, just as God wants your family to be blessed, he says the two shall become one flesh. This is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me this week. Two words to you. Come alive. Come alive. When two become one flesh, they become a different creation. Come alive. When you are born again, the Bible says you are come alive. Your spirit no longer exists on its own anymore. Why? You've been joined with Jesus. Oh, you got to understand this. What he does is he takes up residence with inside of your spirit. He takes up residence with inside of your soul. He takes up residence inside of your heart. And he's telling you to come alive. And what was you has been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you who live, but Christ who's living in you. And the power of God is now resonating in your spirit and in your heart. And you have now come alive. And when you show up to church, you're showing up to worship. What are you? The Bible. Bible calls you the bride of Christ. You are showing up. You say, Lord, I didn't have any other gods before you this week. God, I didn't bring anything else into this relationship. You were first on Monday. You were first in the, on, on Tuesday. You were first in my life on Tuesday night, on Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. You were first on Thursday. You were first on Friday. You were first on Saturday. And now, Lord Jesus, I have come into the house of the Lord because you are first on this day, the Lord's day. And this is the day that the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. So as you listen to his voice and cry out to him, you are telling God, all I want is you. And then, let me say this and I need to move on. When you're worshiping God, many a times when you got your hand up and you're crying out to the Lord, and you feel, I mean, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That feeling you get in your spirit. The joy, unspeakable, full of glory. As you are just worshiping your Lord and everything else seems to dissolve around you. This is why we tell you don't worry about who's on your left. Don't worry about who's on your right. Just focus on the Lord and get, get every distraction out of your mind. Get everything out of you that's between you and God and focus on Him. And then all of a sudden God's favor begins to descend in the house and over your life. And you walk out of here changed. You walk out of here delivered. You walk out of here with joy. You walk out of here with strength. You walk out of here with might. I'm telling you, it happens because you trusted the Lord and worshiped him alone. When you 
when you go in the, in the next two here, work together with this next two commandments. I'm going to mention these and then quit this morning. The Bible says, the Bible says in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now hear me this morning. When you understand what the, what the Bible is telling us, the Bible says, do not take the Lord's name in vain. We are still in a marital understanding. My wife changed her name when she married me. She had more money. I changed mine. I'm just kidding. I'm going to be in trouble for that one. But anyway, we change our names in the relationships here. To signify the two have become one. God is saying to us, do not take my name in vain. When you call unto me, you can't call yourself a Christian and blaspheme. You see, taking the Lord's name in vain is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. And the Bible, Jesus tells us there are many on that day who said, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and didn't do that in your name that I just mentioned? And, and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because you said you were of me, but what you did is you stole something from me. Do not steal. You see, horizontally, God teaches you to honor your brother and honor your sister by not stealing. Vertically, what God is telling you, do not steal from him. Do not try to call yourself of God. Because there are people that say, well, I love Jesus. I go to church. I follow the Lord. And people look at you. And they look at your witness. And they look at where you are. And you are saying you're in relationship with God. But the problem is, is that deep in your spirit, you know that you're a hypocrite. And you're blaspheming God's name because you live like you want to live and do what you want to do when you think no one's looking at you. Hear me this morning. And then we get mad at God because we don't hear, he doesn't answer my prayer. Well, God, I prayed and prayed and prayed. God, I asked for this. And God says, I'm not obligated to answer your request until you obey me. Until you go back to the first command, the second commandment here and get rid of every image inside of your life and get rid of anything that comes between you and me and get them out of your life and then start listening to my name the way I want you to listen to my name. That you, you, you push out the devil out of your life and begin to hear the voice of God. The Bible tells us it is dangerous to blaspheme. Mark chapter 3 verse 28. Assuredly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men and what, and who, whatever, whoever, excuse me, blasphemes they, blasphemes they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but it is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean 
spirit. You hear me? You cannot. What are they saying? That last part there? They said of Jesus that he had an unclean spirit. The Pharisees did. And Jesus said they just blasphemed. And they will never be saved. It is, if you understand history, the worst Jewish generation that will have ever walked the face of the earth was the Jewish generation right after the cross. And if you want to look into that on your own, you can. But, but what happened between 35 and 70 A.D. was horrific. Because if you remember what the Bible tells us, the Bible says, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And they, I, I don't want to get into all the, the nastiness that happened in that 30, 40-year generation. But I want to tell you something very important. If we're just one generation from judgment... We're just one generation from judgment. I want to tell you today, as the people of God, we cannot blaspheme the name of the Lord. Your children need to know what you've got is real. Your family needs to know what you have is real. You don't try to steal from God. Don't try to call yourself of God and then not be of God because you're in danger if you do. Because what happens is that what is happening around us in our world, that we are seeing what is the next generation called millennials, people that are about 35 and under, they're about 4 or 5% of them are not going to church, are going to church. So we're seeing about 90 some percent of that generation that is lost out with God. They're not in America, they're not going to church. And what is happening is now they're having children and those children will never know anything about God. Within 40 years when these children grow up, we are that close to never to losing everything you understand is real. Because why? We tried to steal his name. You see, you tried to steal God's name. I want to tell you, I, I get before the Lord and I ask God to forgive me. I ask God to wash me. Last night when we, my wife were praying, I said, Lord, forgive me. Help me be the man that you need me to be in this house. I want to tell you that you got to keep yourself pure before a holy God because I don't want to steal the name of God for anything. I want my witness to be real. I want my heart to be real. I want my life to be real because it's too dangerous not to be. Because your children are counting on you. There's a generation of American children that are dying and going to hell and have never will hear the voice of God unless somebody steps up and calls unto the name of the Lord and cries out to God again. And I want to close with this thought today. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's why people are attracted to that name. That's why people look at that name. That's why people listen to that name. Because I want to tell you when I'm in trouble and I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do and I don't know what to pray, I just know there's a name I can utter. There's a name I can cry out. There's a name that's above every name that every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise the Lord in this room. It's important. It's important. We can't steal God's name. We can't steal. We... In Hebrew, on the left side where it says, don't take the Lord's name in vain, the, the verb there literally means lift up and take off with it. 
like you picked it up and carried it off somewhere where it shouldn't have been. Like you were in the tabernacle and you were worshiping the Lord and you endeavored to take the name of God to places that to justify your behavior, to justify what you wanted to do. God says, don't do that. Don't steal my name. It's too dangerous because there may be a moment that you commit the unpardonable sin. Hear me. There was a young man, well, a man, that reached out and touched the Ark of the Covenant. When the Ark started to falter when it was on that cart. The problem was, was David didn't worship God in the way that God said, I need to be worshipped. And as a result, somebody that David did not even anticipate was walking beside the ark one day as they were bringing the ark back. And they saw it getting ready to fall over. And they reached out. And touched it as it did. And he died instantly. Because you cannot violate the name of God. God, the Bible says, in the New Testament, he will not hold us guiltless. We'll be guilty if we do so. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to say this is not a game. This is not just playing church. This is a way of life. This is a life of blessing that you you can't even imagine how much God's going to bless you. But on the other side of it, you can't play games. You've got to be real with the Lord. You've got to hear His voice. And don't steal from Him. Don't steal from God. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.